Welcome to the first episode of Tales for the Tired. I'm Francesca and I'm so excited that you clicked play and decided to give this podcast a chance. I know how many podcasts are out there and so the fact that you've given this a go and it's the first episode, I'm super grateful, so thank you for listening. As this is a new podcast, I thought I'd take this opportunity to explain what to expect over the coming weeks. So Tales for the Tired is designed for tired adults just like you and me who struggle to drift off. Now you might be like me and you may have struggled with insomnia. You may be someone who likes to read stories, but instead of having the effect where you're drifting off reading a book... You're actually staying up until 5am until the sun comes up because you're promising yourself one more chapter, just one more chapter. And then before you know it, you finish the book and you've had about two hours sleep. So every podcast is a standalone adventure. The idea is that you can just simply listen to the story and drift off. If that does sound like something you're interested in, be sure to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this right now. Tales for the Tired is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts and a handful of others. So let me introduce today's story. It's an autumn visit to Starfish Cabin and this story is about a woman called Freya. She's a young woman, she probably works a bit too hard and doesn't get enough sleep, I'm sure you can relate. All she wants is to crave a little bit of peace and quiet, so she goes to visit her grand's old beach hut and she enjoys some time offline. This was inspired by two things. Firstly, I live on the coast myself, I'm quite near to the beach, so it's been my setting as I grew up. I love it here and I can't imagine my life without the beach. As you listen, you'll find out a little bit about Freya and her gran and I would say this is inspired by my own life. I did indeed go to the beach with my gran when I was little and we used to get ice creams together and draw things on the sand. But also I'm inspired by something a bit more recent and that's my niece's birthday party. She had a birthday party at a beach hut and it was towards the end of summer, just when things start to get a little bit cooler. It's in a very rugged kind of area of the beach. You have like the touristy end, if you're familiar with British seasides. You might be listening from somewhere that isn't Britain. So we tend to have touristy seasides with lots of attractions and piers and amusements and all kinds of things to do for, tends to be for younger children. But then you get the natural, more rugged coastline. And that's where this beach hut was. And it was absolutely stunning. And so as you listen, I hope you can see where my inspiration came from. So now, I want to get into this story with you. Let's dive in. This is an autumn visit to the starfish cabin. Freya knew that as soon as summer showed the first signs of burning out, that it would be beautiful at the beach. Most people loved to bask in the scorch of the midsummer sun, but the transition into autumn was her favourite time of year, where the sun was lower in the sky and the wind a touch chillier, so she'd have to wrap up in something warm. Local children were back at school, 
and so it'd be a peaceful time to enjoy the hut against the rugged coastline. No screaming and shouting, no crowds of tourists. With any luck, she'd have the entire beach to herself, enjoying the crash of the waves against the shore with nothing but the wind and a nice hot drink for company. Freya's hut, starfish cabin, sat against a beach outlined with rough grasses and large boulders, shaped naturally by the tide. You could find a mixture of sand, pebbles and shells from all kinds of sea creatures scattered across the shoreline here. She loved this stretch of beach, fondly remembering times her gran would bring her down to get ice creams. Her grand Pearl had given her the hut when she passed away. It could probably do with a little sprucing up with its weather-worn paint, but she secretly thought that was part of its charm. While she daydreamed, Freya recalled that her gran had found a striking pebble one afternoon while they had been writing in the sand with sharp rocks. She'd uncovered a beautiful stone, smooth and oval-shaped, with black and white markings in a flower shape that you could have sworn someone had drawn on there by hand. As little kids do, she inevitably lost it and was never able to find it again, no matter how many drawers and cupboards she upturned. It had been a while since she'd thought about that, twisting a little pang of sadness in her chest. Grabbing a cotton bag from the kitchen cupboard, she noted it still smelled faintly of the salty sea air from her last beach visit, lifting her spirits. She gathered together everything she would need to take with her. For once, she wanted to switch off completely, so she decided to leave her laptop behind. She'd take her phone, but swore to only use it if she really had to. No work, no distractions, just herself and the elements. The thing about British beaches is they get chilly, even in the summer. So she pulled the thick tartan blanket off the back of the sofa, feeling its coarse texture beneath her fingers. Folding it up as neatly as she could, she pushed it to the bottom of the bag. She thought about taking a flask full of coffee, but knowing there was a camping stove in the hut, she grabbed the milk and instant coffee granules and popped those in the bag too. Walking down to the beach worked up an appetite. There was something about taking a stroll through nature that really made Freya hungry. So she made sure to pack snacks to tide her over until dinner time later in the evening. Some delicious milk chocolate she'd had stashed in the top compartment of her fridge made its way into the bag, along with a pot of porridge oats she'd prepare once she unpacked her things. Satisfied that she had everything she'd need for her short little trip to the beach, she made sure to wear cosy, comfortable clothes that would keep her warm and dry. She pulled on a pair of comfy jeans, woolly walking socks, a loose hoodie and finally her favourite well-worn trainers. Finally, Freya was ready to set out. She gave Crumble, her fat ginger cat, a fuss on the head to say goodbye, who weaved between her feet, purring his reply. Pulling on her coat and locking the house behind her, Freya set off with her cotton bag slung over her shoulder, bottle of water in hand for the kettle. 
it was windier than she expected. With her wavy hair blowing across her face, and feeling chilly as she ambled down the country path towards the coast, brimming with anticipation. Freya was very lucky to live in a rural area, with the countryside on one side and the beach on the other. The journey down to her hut wasn't far, and the stunning landscape of trees creating a patchwork blanket of crimson, greens, ambers and yellows was a pleasant setting for her walk. As she crunched down the path, dappled with gentle sunlight through the trees overhead, she spotted little birds plucking berries from the brambles, one or two people walking their dogs, and a whiz as two bicycles passed her on the footpath, a couple making the most of the remaining dry days before the gloomier winter weather set in. There was so much to take in around her, so much natural beauty still left in the world, and so much of it seemed to be right on her doorstep. Walking here allowed her to clear her mind of her worries and stresses too. The comfortable autumnal temperature, combined with the stunning countryside, was the perfect recipe to unwind. After a little while, as she made her way down the winding track scattered with crisp fallen leaves, she caught the unmistakable scent of salt in the air, mixing with the decay of leaves, and could hear the faint crashing of sea waves mingling with birdsong from the woods. That meant she was only a couple of moments from the beach. As she began to walk downhill, she spotted the grey horizon of the sea and the dark spots on distant water of fishing boats. She was here. Her beach hut was nestled right up against the small promenade with a cluster of other charming huts decorated uniquely with fishing nets, driftwood and shells that clinked and knocked against the wooden walls. She carefully descended the stone steps down onto the promenade and weaved through the tiny neighbourhood of huts approaching hers. Starfish Cabin was a grey and white hut with an old-fashioned lifebuoy decorating the door and its name burned into a piece of driftwood nailed above the doorway. Freya took a big gulp of fresh sea air and looked out over the water. It was a blustery day creating little crests of white foam and swaying the boats in the distance, the sun peeking through the clouds and glittering on the surface of the sea. Perfect. With a jingle and a clunk, Freya loosened the padlock to the hut and swung open the doors, the latches squeaking as she fastened the hooks onto the walls to stop the doors slamming shut. She let all of that cold, crisp sea air flood into the hut's single room, blowing away any mustiness from sitting shut for months. There it was, just how it always looked, her beach hut. From the mismatched mugs and knick-knacks lining the shelves, the gaudy printed cushions and rug, to the wobbly but very much loved furniture. This place felt like a second home, and she was thrilled to be back. Unfolding the big comfy deck chair and shaking off leftover sand, she fished around in her bag for the blanket and spread it out on the chair, 
ready to sit down after she unpacked everything. The rickety old fold-out table would be big enough for her coffee mug, so she positioned it right next to the deck chair, just at the bottom of the step. Time for a coffee. She gave the little stovetop kettle a quick rinse and filled it up. With a swift click of the ignition, the gas stove roared into life, ready to brew a steaming mug of coffee in a chipped old mug from the shelf. Her belly grumbled as she waited for the kettle to boil, meaning she was right to pack snacks. She pulled out the porridge too and filled it up, along with the mug, when the kettle screeched at the top of its steamy lungs. Freya smiled to herself, feeling grounded and peaceful. These simple acts of preparing a drink and a bite to eat with no distractions felt so homely, so wholesome, and it's just what she needed after feeling burned out from too much work and not enough sleep. Sometimes it's the little things that make you feel appreciative and more positive, wouldn't you agree? With her hands full, Freya popped her cup and pot down on the table and just sat for a moment, taking in the gorgeous, dramatic view of the North Sea. The sun was trying its best to poke its head out of the clouds, but off in the distance it looked quite stormy. Freya hoped the rain would hold off until she got home, if it came her way at all. The deep rumble of waves rhythmically beating against the stony beach was cleansing to her ears. The wind had picked up, whistling past the little gaps in the walls of the hut. The warmth she'd worked up on her countryside journey had worn off, so she pulled the blanket around her shoulders, warming her hands with the piping hot mug. There she sat for several minutes letting her eyes drift out of focus as time slowed down. Hearing the crash and spray of the sea against the shore as the tide came in felt hypnotic and lulled Freya into a deep relaxation. The scent of her coffee filled her nostrils and she drained her cup along with her porridge, plain but satisfying, shortly afterwards. Warmed up again and ready to stretch her legs, Freya fancied a short walk along the beach before the tide came fully up to the rocks, where it would be impossible to set foot on the beach without her feet getting wet. She folded her blanket in half and draped it around her shoulders like a gigantic shawl, stepping onto the promenade and onto the stony beach. Little patches of sand dotted the ground but most of it was where the sea had left gifts of piles of stones and shells over thousands of years. Down here, the air smelled of pungent seaweed, and Freya's face and hair got damp with the spray from the waves colliding with the shore. Freya had been right. Not a soul could be seen, except for a fisherman with his equipment set up quite away along the prom. Each section of the beach was enclosed by formidable boulders, ravaged by the tide, so she was quite secluded. 
She slowly walked across the beach, keeping out of the way of the water. With her head down, concentrating on the wet stones glittering like jewels beneath her feet. Searching for unusual rocks and shells was like therapy to Freya, a little gift from nature to decorate the hut's shelves with or to take home and pop in her plant pots. There were tiny brown ones, large smooth grey ones, stones that looked like semi-precious crystals and sea-worn glass in greens and whites. She picked up a rather strange rectangular stone which looked mottled with tiny white spots, just like snowflakes. There was a tiny piece of sea glass that would make a pretty pendant, and she happened across lots of shells from all kinds of creatures. Most were fragments, but she had to keep the dainty conch shell, almost too tiny for anything to live in it, she thought. Sweeping the top layer of stones with her feet a few more times, the chill in the air had crept into Freya's bones, the water much higher up the beach than it had been when she'd arrived, bringing her back to reality and the realisation she'd been looking for quite a long time. Back to the hut to rest her achy body and enjoy a bit of chocolate. With her finds stashed in her coat pocket, she stomped up the beach, which took rather a lot of effort on stones on an incline, and was about to climb the steps again when something caught her eye. A flash of orange just in her peripheral vision. She glanced down, and her heart missed a beat. It couldn't be. She knelt down and just tucked into the sand behind where the steps meet the beach, was a tiny faded purse. She instantly recognised it. This was just like the little coin purse she'd had as a child herself. What a coincidence. The colour was very washed out, like it had been on the beach for a while. Maybe someone had dropped it during the summer holidays. Curious as to what was inside, she picked it up and unzipped it. If it was something valuable, she'd have to find its owner somehow. It took her a couple of seconds to register what she tipped into her palm. A small, oval, black stone with an unmistakable shape of a flower on its surface. Her stone that she'd lost all those years ago. Freya was in disbelief. How could she have missed it when she walked down earlier and all the other times she had been before? And how had it not been washed away or been found by someone else and taken home? Now, one thing about Freya is she didn't believe in spirits or otherworldly messages. But in that moment, her heart overflowed with love and wonder over what had just happened. It truly felt magical. Memories came flooding back of her gran, those countless days they spent together on this little stretch of seaside, bringing a tear to her eyes. Happy tears. She felt like she floated with happiness all the way back to her hut. And as she sat down on the deck chair with that bar of chocolate and another coffee, 
she stared at that stone for quite a while, reminiscing about her childhood and what a major part this hut and the beach had played in her life. Later that evening, after she packed away the hut as she'd found it and walked the country path home, Freya treated herself to a delicious home-cooked stew and sat with Crumble, grinning at him as he adopted his butter-wouldn't-melt expression. He slow-blinked at her as cats often do, willing her to drop some braised beef his way, as her thoughts shifted to the events down on the beach that afternoon. Crumble hopped up on the windowsill next to the dining table, sensing she'd stopped paying him any attention, brushing up against and nearly overturning a plump succulent in its little teacup-shaped pot. A pot with a saucer that was decorated with a selection of eye-catching stones and shells, including one striking oval black stone with the outline of what looked just like a white flower. The end. Good night, and we'll see each other next time.